There you go. I like it. Here, you need some rambling rows, and then you back it right in to kick up, kick out the jams, and then you're just going. That's starting out your weekend strong. That's the way to do it. All right, let's do this. Let's get into it. Are you ready? I was born ready. Prepare to get your dick blown off. Welcome, everybody, to the Two Legitimate Podcast, episode five. Oh, my God. You thought we were gone forever? No, no. Just a brief respite. We got to charge the batteries, ready to go, feeling the energy, feeling the flow. That's what we're doing right now. I'm Brian Kluger, and that is... Wade Davis. Yes, it's as you can tell. pleasure. It is a damn pleasure. As you can tell, he's living it up in the tropical islands in his own little tiki bar. And I'm here in hot Austin, Texas at the Top Notch Burgers parking lot. Very exciting to be here. Again, fifth episode of Two Legitimate Podcasts. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, anywhere podcasts are played and listened to. That's where we are. And we have a fantastic episode today. We're going to start this fifth episode with our little bit of the alcoholic beer beverages. But first, Wade, it's been a little while. It's been a minute. I've missed your sweet musk man beard. How are you? Man, I am hanging in there. It's been one of those. It has been, I, I am glad for the summer. I've been trying to turn it into a real summer because I have got. Did you go COVID full Boston feet. just now? <laughs> we got to have a summer. It's like, you know, I have had the COVID fatigue. I am over this BS, to be honest with you. And I'm just, you know, no BS, by the way, little cross promotion. Go check it out. iTunes, Spotify, all this stuff for the good podcast there on the Multimedia Men Network. But um, the, so no, I'm just so tired of all the BS. And it's like, I'm really looking forward to just kind of getting the summer going, shaking away all the past and just starting out good. So I've still been, I've been trying to shake it all off. How about you, man? How's it going? I see that you're hanging out in the parking lot. So is it good down there in Texas, the heat? Yeah, so in reality, the heat in Texas for the last couple months has been really good. It has not been hot. It has been, I mean, it's been hot, but it has not been Texas hot. It's been in the 80s, maybe low 90s for highs, and it's been super nice. However, as we're doing this podcast in the next several days, it will be in the triple digits. So it's getting hot. But as you know, Texas uh, has kind of been open for a while, and the COVID fatigue really only set in for like the very early part of 2020 when then things opened. But um, getting back out there, getting to do things. Uh, yeah, so yes, I know uh, where you are in the Pacific Northwest. Y'all had a very crazy bout with like 173 degree weather. Um, it was 320 degrees. <laughs> it, was, it was the hottest on record here. It got up to like in certain areas of the Seattle uh, kind of area. There were areas that got to like 114, 115, I think. It was, it was madness. It was only for a couple of days. Yeah, which is crazy. So for uh, for those of you who want to uh, 
think about that uh, logistically. The hottest temperature ever recorded in Dallas ever since records have been doing is 113 degrees. And that's the hottest it's ever been recorded in Dallas, Texas. Now, while it was like, you know, 85 to 90 degrees here up in the Pacific Northwest of Seattle, Washington was hotter than the hottest day ever recorded in Dallas, Texas. And how how they build houses out here, they're just not used to that heat. There's plenty of houses, I'd say over half don't even have air conditioning, you know, because you just kind of in the summer, you cry, you know, you might get up into the upper 80s, maybe low 90s, but it gets so nice at night that you, everybody just kind of cracks the window. But, you know, the air conditioner sales and all that stuff really turned into a whole thing over that heat, that temporary heat wave, as it were. No, that's uh, that's insane. I'm glad you survived that. I know you get sweaty. I know you don't like the heat, but hopefully you were walking around and just like, you know, some underwear. You had a beer in your hand. You're just like, ah, this is how it's going for 48 hours. Deal with it. We'll be honest with you. That's how it's happening in the winter, too. So I can't really say <laughs> that, that was a summer issue. But yeah, no, it was, you know, you try and just do what you can do, right? It's like a hundred, you know, <laughs> it was a, uh, you, you just treat it like a sauna. You know, I was going to, I, in my bedroom where I was sleeping, it was over 98 degrees. <laughs> there. And it was just madness. But you just kind of, I got a story now. That's how I'm looking at it. I got a story right. to tell. It was 98 degrees in your bedroom while you were hopefully listening to 98 degrees. I mean, again, it's on constant loop in the house anyway. I had to turn it down so that I could talk to you. Oh, okay. Perfect. I'm glad you're still bringing that nostalgia to us. Let's move into the alcohol and beer section of our podcast to Legitimate. Um, This is where we kind of talk about a a certain alcoholic drink, a certain beverage, or even just our favorite beers we want to tell you about and suggest that you should go out to your local liquor store, your local beer store, pick it up because you might like it. So Wade, wide. Let's uh, let's let's take a look what you got, because because we'll get into this a little bit later, folks. Wade has had some pretty incredible, amazing news that he's a part of that happened this past week. And he's worked very hard. He's worked his his little digits down to the bones. And uh, he deserves he deserves this 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 amazing uh, uh, this drink that he's going to share with us. So, Wade, please. We'll talk about all that stuff. But again, it's not about me. It's just about how how cool everything is in general. But getting to what we were talking about just a second ago, I've been having a summer, you know, and it's one of those where I'm really trying to go into the summer of self-care. And I'm trying to really focus in on, if I'm having a tough time, I focus in on the things that I love. And I love you, by the way, buddy. I love you a ton. Oh, I love you. Right back at you. And all the folks listening, we love you too, man. It's like, thanks so much. I hope you guys are well. I know that sometimes people feel isolated. So I hope everybody's staying by and staying well and reach out to others if you need help. But I've been focusing in on self-care and I, we've had the whiskey episode before. We've talked about how much we enjoy whiskey. Uh, If you haven't heard that, go check it out. But I love smoky scotch and one of the pinnacles of smoky scotch is what I'm treating myself to because I'm taking care of myself. I have a bottle here of Octomore, which is, um, if you're not familiar with it, this is a special heavily peated version that comes out of the Brooklotti distillery. Which I love the Brooklotti. Oh, the Brooklotti is great. This is one of the best whiskeys I've ever had, period. 
This is my celebration whiskey. This is my solace whiskey. And this just makes me feel good. This is a 9.2. Uh, Octomore is known as the smokiest or heaviest peated whiskeys ever made. And now, um, now with heavily peated and heavily smoky whiskeys, which I enjoy quite a bit, is that is is there a certain etiquette where you have you should only drink this during like winter months or like right by a campfire when it's cold outside or can you have it in the heat of the summer? Well, I mean, I my thing with I I don't like beer or wine or booze snobs. So my thing is, hey, your your favorite drink is is the one you like to drink the way you like to drink it. So I have zero issue with having a nice smoky scotch during the summer. Uh, you know, having it with a nice cigar. These things pair awesome with like a nice cigar because it holds up to the cigar smoke quite well and you can still taste it. Um, and, you know, a nice summer cigar is not a bad thing, you know, for sure. But um, and there's also some, you know, I got the tiki background here. There's some tiki drinks that actually use some smokier scotches and stuff like that. That's very kind of, it's new modern riffs on old school tiki. That's very interesting as well. So I have zero issue with having a smoky scotch during the summer months. And to be honest with you, one, how does it smell? I'm going to be honest with you. It smells a lot like <laughs> your gasoline. No, cooked bacon with like Ooh. weird kind of, it's like applewood smoked bacon and some like cherry kind of thing going on. It's, it's, it's beautiful. It's, it's so good. And it's very meaty umami mm. it makes your kind of mouth kind of water a little bit there it's 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 awesome oh that is amazing i like to hear that uh so with octomore has octomom ever been a part of this or does she like this <laughs> i mean they are missing out on some branding gold there where she just does a commercial and i oh man octomom we're really showing our age here a little bit right Right. No I mean, Octomom is the person who, after like had like nine kids, had eight kids at once. She was known as Octomom. And I feel like the marketing for Octomore could be if you have eight kids at once, you're going to need Octomore, the freshest, well, baconiest. Uh, <laughs> Well, every every version is different too. Like I have like an Octomore Eleven is kind of like fresh cut grass and herbally and and floral, while this oh, so one's meaty and heavy. Okay, so the meaty and heavy against like the more earthier. Uh, great back every year grass. it's a little different. You never know what you're going to get. But I okay. I want to circle back here for a second. Why in the hell did you keep saying have eight kids at once? You can just say octuplets. That's the name. Why you keep saying <laughs> eight kids at once? Because maybe some people don't know what an octuplet birth is. So I would like to say having eight kids at the same time. Look, you know, we are a we are a fast moving show. We're high octane, baby. We're not going to slow down for those weaklings. You guys got to catch your ass up. You don't know what an octuplet is. Go look it up while you're listening. All right. We don't have time to explain the English language to everybody, for God's sakes. We are high octane on octuplets by the Octomom drinking Octomore. Oh my, that's a sentence. <laughs> and we're in the octagon. It's crazy. What about you? What are you drinking? All right, so I have two things out here uh, that I want Double to talk fisting about. already, huh? Double fisting. Um, so the first I'm going to uh, bring out, uh, there are two beers 
two beers. And the first one I'm going to uh, mention is dun, da, 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 Danny Trejo Cerveza. <laughs> It is amazing. It's from the Lincoln Beer Company in Stevens Point, Wisconsin. It's the next. It's the nectar of Mexican gods. Uh, it is uh, pretty amazing. It's got a uh, flaked rice, flaked maize, magnum hops, uh, tetanang hops, and lager yeast. It's a. Uh, this is what gives that specific Mexican lager, that cerveza, that crisp and clear and amazing uh, taste. And to have Danny Trejo, you know, Machete himself, Machete may not text, but Machete drinks this beer. It's actually surprisingly refreshing and amazing. Wade, I know you've drinking a lot of beer in your life, but have you had these little 16 ounce tall boys of Trejo cerveza? Not only have I not had it, I didn't know it existed, and now it's all I'm going to obsess over. Where <laughs> it's one of those where I do like a nice Mexican lager, especially in the summer when you know you get those nice kind of crisp, clean, sort of light, refreshing beers. And uh, that one, you said it, you said you've had it. It's great. Yeah, no, I, I, I have had it. I have a. I bought a four pack of this at the local. Um, beer store well not actually at the local it's actually these are actually kind of hard to find because they're they're you know made in wisconsin so they're out of wisconsin so i think out of wisconsin and chicago area you can find them you can find them in la because that's where trejo is and then you can also find them somehow in the dallas fort worth area quite a bit so this might be something that i might have to senuate if you can't find it uh at your beer store because i had to go to uh a place that specializes in beers from around the country. So, so for everybody from the Chicago land, Milwaukee and Texas area, you're welcome for the review for all you others. I guess everybody can just go fuck themselves. Right. But if you could go to Lincoln beer company out of on online, maybe you'll find a way to get this, but yeah, this is a, this is pretty cool. Like it really is, uh, you know, blended with the LA culture of the Mexican beer here. And I, highly recommend it and you got little Trejo's face on it right there I mean that branding right there sells it yeah it's pretty good and it's like you know a black and gold uh it's 4.7 alcohol hunting it's, it's it's a pint of beer so if you're a hobbit it comes in pints yes it does this is the only way this beer comes in unless you're at the brewery itself that's great yes I'm glad I got a beer that you didn't know about I'm very happy yeah. about this. so the other one is more I mean, you wouldn't be surprised at it. I don't know if you've had it, but I definitely know you've heard of it. But since um, what I did over the past week, uh, I did. I was at a ton of pro wrestling events, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I had to break out from El Segundo, California, the brewing company, Stone Cold Steve Austin's Broken Skull IPA Tall Boy. You know, just because it's money in the bank, it's raw, it's SmackDown, and it's AEW. You know, being at all these shows in the span of a week was insane. And uh, yeah, if you have not had Broken Skull IPAs, for those of you who are thinking, oh, I don't like IPAs, it's too hoppy, it's too bitter, it's too strong for me. This is not that, because if you know... Stone Cold Steve Austin during his tenure in WWE inside the squared circle, he was known for, you know, chugging tons of beers. And most of those he would probably more or less call Steve Weisers, but they were, you know, natural light. They were Bud Light. They were Coors Light. 
whatever the case may be, they were light beer. And this is probably a, this is not probably, this is a very easy, uh, very light IPA. Even though it's a broken skull, it's got skull on it. It looks kind of scary. This is a pretty easy beer to take down. Like, no, I would not recommend cheersing Stone Cold Steve Austin style and just downing it in, you know, two seconds. It's, that would be too hardcore. But this, this is a good beer for those who are a little scared of IPAs. It's very easy to take down. Uh, it'll get you drunk, though. It's 6.7 alcohol percent. So well, it, I, I was expecting, when how you were describing it, I was expecting it to come in like a little bit older, older uh, a little bit lower, pardon me, like a, a sessionable IPA. But that's, no, that's going straight up full, full octane, going back to the octane, full octane IPA there. No, yeah, and it features like the Citra, the Cascade, and the Chinook uh, hops. So there's all of that in there. Uh, and you can find this almost anywhere if you can. And I think it only comes in the tall boy 16 ounces. So keep in mind, 16 ounces with 6.7%, you go to get drunk. But it's going to be an easier drunk. That It's easier to get drunk because it's not as bitter, as I said before. So it's a lot lighter. So it's kind of like, you know, your favorite trash can punch. You're like, oh, I don't taste alcohol at all. Like five minutes later, you're like, whoa, what just happened? So... Broken Skull IPA and the Trejo Cerveza is fantastic. Mwah. Great Ooh. beers. <laughs> Sounds great. I mean, and, and you got two completely kind of different styles there too. You got one that's kind of a, a, a light lager there. And then you have another one that's really more kind of a get into it, hoppy IPA, but not aggressive hops you were saying. But I mean, that's a nice little hop mix they got there with the Chinook and the Cascade. So yeah, yeah, no, there, it's not bad, but when you drink it, for those of you who love drinking IPAs, you'll drink it, and you're like, this is not as strong as I would think it's it would, not or like taste, yeah, it's not bitter. So, which, uh, for those who love, who are used to IPAs, it's an easier drink, and for those who don't like IPAs, you could probably stand to enjoy this one more so than somebody who is like, oh God, an IPA, no, I need, you know, I need well, a light beer. It's so funny today, like the whole IPA thing has really evolved from where it was because back in the day, like, you know, 20 years ago, um, when you talked about an IPA, you tended to talk about like dank, resiny, uh, they, people would always kind of quote the IBUs or the, the International Bitterness Units, where they were always trying to say, how bitter can I make it and kind of make it really kind of make your face pucker. Um, and there still is some beers out there today that are like that, um, but Today, there's a lot of what they call like hazy IPAs and other stuff too that are just a lot more juicy, you know, that taste, you know, that taste like mango and, and pineapple. Right. Yeah, because, you know, when IPAs came out, you know, you would hear like the dogfish head mm -hmm. IPA and that was like the standard almost. And then over time, you're like, oh my, this IPA is fermented with cantaloupe and flowers and elderberries. And this one is done with jalapenos and uh, fresh melon and it's kind of bringing in all those floral and uh, citrusy elements to it to kind of balance that very stoned bitter taste and right. it's still like gangbusters and you know in that you kind of evolved into saisons and sours which has evolved into seltzers and other things I think and they're just going gangbusters right now. Yeah, people are loving it. it. Seltzer is kind of like the modern day wine cooler. Although I have heard 
that wine coolers are going to start making a comeback soon, which I find very, very interesting. Like, which is, bring back some Bartles and James. Well, you know, you know, a a funny story about that with me, at least, you know, when we all become a certain age, you know, you know, at least in the U.S., you're not supposed to drink before you're 21. Like it's against the law. However, I would say most kids tend to have their first drink at an earlier age, most likely 16 or 17. So, and when most kids are in that age, they're not going straight to, you know, the fancy whiskeys or the scotches. They're not going to a higher palate. They're sticking with the wine cooler. So when I was in high school, you know, right when I turned 16 or 17, you know, I had a car and I was driving to high school, which started at 7.30 in the morning. School started at 7.30 in the morning, which means you had to be in your seat in class at 7.30 in the morning. So my friend and I would drive to school with our four packs of fuzzy navels. If you don't know what a fuzzy navel is, it is the sweetest uh, sugary content of wine coolers, peach, melon, watermelon, Ew. I thinking about it makes my stomach hurt. And we would have four. Oh, oh, let's describe it. It's it's peach and orange. That's the fuzzy and the navel part of it, you yes. son of a bitch. We can't even describe <laughs> peach and orange. Peach and orange. And that was the drink of choice. And I remember before exams or even before I was in band, a concert chair test, I would have fuzzy navels in the car. And that was the drink of choice. And even when I met wide at KU. He was my RA. I would still, you know, my drink of choice usually. I mean, I like, you know, sh shitty whiskey, you know, red label Johnny Walker. But That's not I, shitty. What are you talking about? But to compare to what we drink now, Octomore, you know, we're, you know, I was really into the vodka cranberry drinks and that's what I would drink. That's what I would love. You know, like give me a vodka cranberry juice. And, mm -hmm. you know, it was the palate changed over time. So if they're bringing fuzzy navels back or wine coolers back, this is insane because I mean, this stuff sells, you know, the ranch waters, the, the white claws, those are basically more or less a lighter, a, a, not as a sweeter version of wine coolers, but it has the same arena there. And this is just <laughs> killing me because my stomach won't be able to take it. <laughs> For the benefit of the folks outside of the Texas area, there's a drink called a Rosalita Ranch Water, which is basically um, tequila, a, a, a shot of tequila, uh, a, a, kind of a squeeze of lime, and then you fill up the glass, a highball glass with like a, a sparkling water, like a Topo Chico is right. what you typically use, but whatever. Like Yeah, you get like three or, glasses of certain things and you get to mix it. Yes, yeah, the shot of tequila, yes. It's, it's one of the most refreshing drinks though. It's so, that is actually a wonderfully refreshing nice drink to have I, I still kind of go back to that every once in a while but most people outside of texas don't know what a ranch water is so i was helping them out there well thank you thank you so no it, it's insane to think that white <laughs> coolers are making a big comeback because that's crazy to me but that i hope that i hope that bruce willis ends up making another bartles and james commercial and i'm hoping that you can also splice in real fast some of that that Bruce Willis singing in that Bartles and James commercial into this right here smash cut boom boom that would be good yeah <laughs> oh my god because it was it was ridiculous I mean man the eighties y'all the eighties was crazy <laughs> <laughs> Bruce Willis was in a band I don't know if he's still in a band but he's in a band 
Um, yeah. This, oh, oh my goodness. So yes, that's our, our, our alcohol portion of the show. Please find that Octomore from the Baruch Lottie, uh, the Bruce Lottie collection. It's already hard to find. Don't find it. Don't go drink it because it's making it challenging for me to get more bottles every time people learn about it. But it's it's wonderful. There you for go. You, for you guys, I, I, I give. But just mum's the word, all right? Don't spread it out to everybody else. So what we're saying is don't buy it. Let Wade buy it first. Well, or buy it and then invite me over and let's share it. All right. Let's be friends for God's sakes. Let, let us be friends. And yes, the Broken Skull IPA from Stone Cold Steve Austin and the Danny Trejo Cerveza out of Wisconsin. Look it up. It is amazing. The Lincoln Brewing Company. Moving on. Oh, my God. It's episode five of two. Legitimate. We're excited. And let, let's let's move on. We, we, we talked a little bit earlier about Wade's had a summer, but there's been some good things coming of this. Most as of recently, for most of you who don't know, Wade is a, he's a spaceman. He's an outer spaceman. He, I, I am a space nerd. I do love space. And I and I I uh, I'm fortunate enough to, to work in the aerospace industry. And it's and it's awesome. And I love it. And it's like, you know used to dream of space when I was a kid and went to space camp. And then the fact that I get to work in the space industry and I've personally met astronauts and, and, and work to try and help uh, further advance space stuff. It's awesome. It's so cool. So with that being said, if you have listened to any sort of news online, on TV or in print, you would know that over the last couple of weeks, there's been, manned space flights for passengers to space and back gone out without a hitch you know first we're talking you know the virgin with richard branson and then next with uh blue origins jeff bezos all went out with a hitch and wade was a part of this he made it happen basically there there is so much awesome stuff going on in the space industry right now with the commercial space companies that are doing a lot of awesome stuff um yeah, no, there's the Virgin Galactic, Richard Branson. He has his little space plane. Have you seen what, what it looks like? Um, their their space plane, how it works and all that? Yeah, it's no, it was crazy. It was insane because it looked like a little biplane. <laughs> You're just like, how is this going to get to space? But then it had this huge rocket. Then it went out and it was like, wow, this is cool. Yeah, no, it, it, yeah, their system is, is so interesting where they have like a, a plane that will fly up with like this, this, spaceship basically attached underneath it and the plane will fly up to 40,000 plus feet and then drop the spaceship off of the plane and then they'll light a rocket and then fly up into space and it does like a little backflip um, up in space and people can kind of float around in uh, microgravity and then and then glide back and it turns into and then it folds up and turns into or it folds unfolds and then turns into a glider and just kind of floats back down into uh land on a runway which is awesome and you know even talking like you know we, we said 20 years ago earlier 20 years ago this really wasn't happening at all i mean we were talking about it but space flights well, man, you, space you know i mean seven years ago none of this was happening i mean th these companies existed but but it was still kind of a pipe dream to think that you know I mean, that, that was always part of the, these companies' plans. I mean, in SpaceX, whether you take SpaceX, you know, the first time that SpaceX landed a Falcon 9 booster was in 2015. 
yeah at the end of 2015 almost 2016 so it's it was it was this is all what when folks will watch like a rocket launch today with like spacex falcon 9 booster going up into space and then coming back and landing and everybody's like yeah yeah it lands on a barge in the middle of the ocean and everybody's like yeah yeah seen it a dozen times it's like this is amazing and 10 years ago you said something like that was going to happen people would tell you you're insane right right no it's it's amazing that this technology has happened it's furthering the way for space exploration and you know anything that has to do with outer space now i gotta ask wade some questions because he's been a part of uh one of these space companies of the one of the biggest and so my question to you wade is that you have been like you said you went to space camp you've always been interested in this and your life and your work and education has led you to one of the top space companies in the world. And now all your work has paid off and it, you got to witness with your, with your crew, with your company, with your colleagues, a successful space mission going up into space and coming back down. Mm-hmm. What's that like, man? What was that feeling watching that? Like, you got to talk to me about this. Like, it's, so- I feel like it's like 40 something years built up into this one moment. It, 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 it was pretty magic. It, it, you know, there's, there was a lot of emotions, right? And so, I mean, because I, I think that, you know, aside from the space thing for a second, you just talk about passion in general, you know, and it's kind of what it is. It's a passion of mine. And, and, but I think that even if, you're, if somebody else's passion isn't about space, whatever your passion's about, the fact that you can have a realization and feel connected to something that's so close to your passion is, is, is awesome. And it's, it's amazing. And to have it go off successful um, is just, there, there was a lot of emotions going on, right? It was very, um, it was very exciting. I mean, I, I think that there was slight nerves. It wasn't nerves in the, you know, you know, here, I'll give you an example, right? Like, so if you go to Vegas and you're watching somebody pull on a slot machine, after a while, you're like very ho-hum with it, right? Where it's like, yeah, I don't give a shit. Somebody's just pulling a slot machine. But if somebody came up to you and you said, hey, those, those, they are betting $1,000 a spin on that slot machine, you would all of a sudden become very enthralled, right? You'd be like, oh my gosh, this is, this is so intense and so amazing. And, and the action of pulling the slot machine doesn't change, but the stakes are so much higher. And I think that when we're talking about putting people into space, that's kind of what was going on in my heart at the time, where it's like you have full confidence in the system and the abilities and the technical aspect of the thing. But the stakes now with people um, entrusting their lives to you and your teammates, I mean, literally, um, it's not lost on me or anyone on my team. Um, that awesome responsibility and uh, we, we take it as seriously as anybody possibly could take it. And, um, you know, we, we, we work to make sure that not only that we can delight folks, but also to, uh, to create some of the safest and most responsible systems. Because again, you know, what we're trying, what I, I truly believe that what I do and the, the, fruits of the labor that I'm putting in now will have ripple effects for generations. Like my kids, kids will be impacted by this. My hope is that one day I'm pretty, you know, it's rare that you can say that you're working on something that, you know, 
that they'll be writing books about, making movies about uh, one day, or that your grandkids will say, oh, Grandpa Wade worked on X, Y, Z. But it's like, I, I, I recognize that that probably is, I, I'm in one of those times right now. And the fact that I'm in it and recognize it is both awesome and frightening. Because it's like, you know, you, you, I don't want to fuck it up. You know, I mean, I, I, I want to make sure that it's, it's, I, I make, make my kid proud, make, uh, you know, do the right thing, make everybody, because it's like, there's a lot of impact. I mean, you know, continue doing what we're doing. I, I, I truly believe we're going to change the course of human history. And, you know, that's, that's an awesome responsibility because you can change it for the worse too. So I'm doing everything in my power to make sure that change it for the better and uh, try and angle all my passion at that. But sometimes your passion fuel gauge runs low. And so you got to make sure that you take care of yourself and have some Octomore and, you know, refill that, refill that gas tank a little bit, but it's, it's awesome. It's, it's truly, it's truly uh, special. Well, well-deserved Octomore, a uh, little, little shot, little, little sip there uh, for the amazing uh, space flights that have happened and hopefully will continue to happen on a much regular it's, basis. And then it's one of those things where it's really for the better. I mean, what Virgin, what Blue Origin, what SpaceX are doing and ULA and EASA and Ariane Spas and China and uh, Israel, uh, the Israeli one and India, what, what everybody's doing right now. I mean, it, that's the crazy part too. It's like, if you notice there, I named three American companies and then the rest and, and then well and then ula you know which is kind of a fourth quasi company whatever it's, it is a company but you know it's heavily dependent on government work and then the rest of it is all governments right yeah it's, it's so so uh but the, what everybody's doing is furthering that advancement to space i think that if we focused in on that kind of exploration and those challenges as opposed to all the arguing and all the BS that we're doing amongst ourselves right now, um, we could really make some advancements and betterments for everybody. Well said, well put. Very proud of Wade of two legitimate. <laughs> one day he's going to be on one of those space planes. <laughs> I don't know. They, you know, I, I, I would do it in a heartbeat. I would love to. Yeah, that would be awesome. It's a little pricey right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's it's, it's 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 out of the price range right now. But if we can convince one of these companies to sponsor Too Legitimate to go into space and do an episode for a couple minutes, amazing. Yeah, no, I mean, I think I think the people need it, so go demand it, and then let's make it happen. There you go. There you go. Moving on to our next little topic. This is our 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 famous, our infamous debate section. Uh, where we pick a topic and we kind of debate it because Wade believes in his heart of hearts that he's always right about everything. And that's just not the case. Even when I'm wrong, I'm still right about it. <laughs> this is just not true. Or maybe it is. But our topic today, you know, we, we've talked about the entertainment industry because we're both uh, really big 
fans and passionate about the entertainment industry, music, movies, television, and whatnot. And we kind of came up with this show during COVID. And so we've talked about this topic before, but, you know, as time has gone on, quarantine has been lifted. People are getting back out there. And now Hollywood and media companies are still kind of on the ground floor trying to figure out how to navigate this universe of watching movies and television. So theaters versus streaming. Should theaters stick around and stay for people, the masses to go see movies in, or shall it be streaming only in your homes or should it be a little mix of both? So the big catalyst of this topic kind of happened with Black Widow on Disney Plus and Fast 9, a Fast and Furious 9 F9 saga. Um, that's kind of where we want to go with it. Like, That's kind of like the catalyst of what Hollywood was looking for when it comes to, uh, when it comes to making money and if theaters will still hold up and whatnot. So Wade, I guess in a sentence or two, where do you what what what's your what's your statement what's your what's your your status on theaters and streaming right now well it's about damn time you asked so thank you you're welcome first you know i i do believe that there's value in a communal spirit of watching a film in a room with a bunch of folks and the the theater experience in and of itself is something that can't be replicated sitting in your living room watching. Even if you have like a home theater, a nice home theater setup, it's just not the same. But I just can't see how theaters are going to make it because I mean, you know, in the end, I don't care enough about most movies to go do that. I mean, you know, I, I, Prior to the streaming thing, you know, I would go see a movie with relative frequency, especially before I had a kid, right? Probably, um, you know, at least once a month, maybe even sometimes once a week. Yeah. Um, go see whatever's just at the local kind of cinemaplex. Um, the, it's like, hey, you didn't know what else to do on a Friday or a Saturday. Hey, let's go see a movie, whatever, right? Yeah. And now just the laziness kicks in and the inconvenience of going to the theater with the whole setup and the whole kind of getting around and the time of everything because even if it's a two or three hour it's because movies are getting longer too right so it's like a two hour movie let's just say right and you're going and then let's say you get a bite to eat you got to get there a little bit early you got to go buy the tickets you got to do a thing drive it there drive it back i mean it, a two hour movie turns into a four hour event and the time cost, the financial cost, the hassle of the thing, usually I would say most movies that come out, I don't care enough about it to invest that much of my time and energy and money into it. So I think that I'm just going to do streaming. I mean, there's, there's a couple legit blockbusters coming out this year, like Dune and Matrix, that are going to be streaming at the same time they come out in theaters. Right. And those are ones where I would absolutely go see it in a the theater. But 
I'm really debating if I'm going to when it happens, just because it's like, it's so much easier just to watch it at home. So I, I don't know. I'm kind of back and forth on it right now. And I mean, and I'm somebody that's super passionate about movies. I think more than most. And so people that don't give a shit, like to the extent that I do, they'll be like, why would I go burn all those calories to go do that? I'm just going to go watch it at home on HBO Max or whatever. So, so to the extent that stuff's get offered, I feel like, and then the theaters are a business. So they're going to have to keep making money. And if, so to me, if they're going to stay in business, they're going to have to jack a ticket price up even further, which exacerbates the issue I just talked about. Or they're just going to, have to start shutting down. And so at a minimum, I would say these 30 screen theaters are done. You know, I would agree with that as well. Um, I believe that those 30, those cineplexes that hold 30 theaters, when you talk about all these, like the AMCs, the Cinemarks, you know, these big, these big companies, that's a lot of real estate. I mean, mm -hmm. and you've got to pay to keep up that real estate. You've got to pay, you know, you know, anywhere between what, 60 and 150 employees per theater, not to mention all the cleaning supplies, all the food. There's a lot that goes into running a theater. And the, I mean, theaters haven't been packed. And to prove that, um, just going off of Black Widow and Fast 9. Um, so Fast 9 has grossed so far $158.6 million domestically. Which is pretty good, though, considering. Right, right, right. And internationally, it's done $436.8 million, bringing its total gross of Fast 9 to $595.5 million. Now... That is just not a lot of money when compared to the previous films, which have all banked over $1 billion. Uh, six, it's $600 million first, right? Right. It's, it's a crazy amount of money. All these numbers are stupid. No, they, no know, the, and with Fast 9, with F9, the Fast Saga, this has not been on streaming. This is just in theaters. Uh, yeah. So... Fast Nine through Universal. I mean, people went out to go see it. You know, that came out a couple weeks ago. People were ready. It was big. It was action, and in lieu of most action or most franchise films, Marvel, MCU, DC, uh, Fast Nine has proved time and time again. You know, really, ever since Part Five or Part Six, that these are eight hundred million to over one billion dollar franchises. And so to prove that, uh, you know, this is the opening week, it was in 4,179 theaters and it uh, opened with $70 million, which, you know, again, is a ton of money, but not again, again, not a whole lot of money, you know, screener, screening. Oh, not, not, a, about not a whole lot of money pre-COVID, right? Like, I right. Mean, two, like if we're comparing it to two years ago, sure. Right. right. So, but should we be, is that fair to compare it to two years ago? I mean. Well, so yes, it is in the, in the element that Hollywood opened up all theaters, everybody, they were, they were basing this and Black Widow off, you know, they were going to go like, okay, so if we make a ton of money, the COVID's over, we're going to start releasing movies in theaters only because of course AMC and Cinemark are pissed off. They're, you know, they're, 
try they're threatening movie companies saying we're not going to show your movies in theaters unless you just give us exclusive rights to it so as you could tell it didn't make a lot of money and now moving to black widow a little bit which debuted in theaters as well as disney plus the same day for 30 dollars um Domestically, Black Widow has made 146 million. Worldwide, it's made 264 million. However, that being said, Black Widow um, has made on on Disney Plus sales uh, over 70 million dollars. Uh, on online sales on Disney Plus. That means people spent collectively about $75 million buying it through Disney Plus, whereas maybe $80 million came from theaters. Now, with that being said, movie theaters cannot discredit streaming services. Like that's like half their half their gross right there. And well, so and, and, yeah. and that was Black Widow. Right, which I would, which arguably wasn't even great. It was fine, whatever. But the thing is, it's like the, the the ones that I'm the most like. For example, the real test to me is coming up very very soon with uh, that Jungle Cruise movie. Yeah, so Jungle, Jungle Cruise is with The Rock. It's the new Disney live action movie with The Rock. Um, it'll be a big adventure. thing. Yeah, and it's going to be in theaters and on Disney Plus same day. See, and the thing is, it's like. I think what's going to happen there is like, because I, you know, comic book folks and the Marvel folks, which is pretty much everybody today. Now everybody watches all the Marvel movies, but it's like, it's one thing, but you can't sleep on the family market because actually like if I, I don't even on Disney, I think it's like 30 bucks or something to, to watch the movie on Disney. You pay, you pay your monthly fee and then there's some premium level to watch like a Black Widow or a Jungle Cruise movie or something, right? Is it like 30? Do you know off the top of your head? Disney Plus is $30 for premium access. And that allows right. you access to watch the movie for like a few, couple weeks or something like that. So so the whole thing is, though, it's like, man, 30 bucks, you know, for a single person or, you know, a, a couple. You're like, man, 30 bucks. That's kind of steep. But, you know, whatever. when you get to two people it's starting to get into, okay, that's what it would cost for two tickets to go to the theater. If you got and a just, family- and Just tickets only, not yeah. to mention popcorn or drinks. Absolutely. You could DoorDash, get the food in, you're probably going to get it just as cheap as going to all the other crap too. But you got a family of four? It's a no-brainer. Like, I can go spend 70 bucks to go see it at the theater to take all my kids and everything to go do that and then do the popcorn and the whole other gimmick and- or just spend 30 bucks, do it at home. And if the kid's got to go to the bathroom, I can pause it. I can do a whole thing. It's a no brainer. It's a no brainer as a, as a parent that, that for, especially for these like family movies, it's, it seems like, yeah, why wouldn't you? No, that's right? no, I, I agree. I, you know, as Wade said earlier, we are, we were very passionate about going to the movie theaters. We love going to the movie theaters. You know, I've said before that I think the movie theater is sort of like my temple. It's where you go and, you, and I've been doing it for years. I do it professionally. And so over the last couple months, I've been slowly getting back out into the theater seeing press screenings. And luckily I've only been to press 
uh, only screens, which, you know, there's maybe 10, 15 people there. If that at a screen, I have not been to a theater yet with a full audience with the public and elements of me miss that. And the fact that, you know, you know, it, it, to, to give an example, Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat was released in theaters as well as HBO Max the same day. And in the new Mortal Kombat film, there are a couple moments where I audibly, I watched it at home and I audibly like cheered and was like clapping. And it would have been nice to have that experience with a full audience because it would have been the same with them as well. We'd all, you know, clap and cry in unison like we did in Avengers Endgame. So that element I miss, but there's also the element I don't miss of seeing things in public with people, people talking and people kind of disrupting the the experience of going to the theater. And again, I haven't been with the public yet in almost, you know, it's been a year and a half or more. And I don't know if I'm still ready for that uh, yet. So I'm to the point is I'm glad streaming services have really taken upon themselves, such as Disney plus, which I still think, you know, I get the $30 charge, but if you're already charging for a membership, it's kind of crazy, but HBO max doing this for at least this year, releasing films the same day as they would in the theater, uh, Paramount plus, you know, releasing, a quiet place Two, you know, two or three weeks later after it's been in theaters on their digital service is a pretty good deal with that. No extra charge other than having your subscription fee. It's, uh, I love it. I've got to say, I love the streaming services. And as far as theaters, I hope there's like a nice balance of both because we all know like certain movies that, you know, will not make a lot of money, but you know, a movie like Dune, I think move Dune will make money, but it's not going to make fast and furious money that, but that would be something I would like to see at the theater. Um, if I have to see it at home, so be it. But I think, streaming services are here to stay. I hope we're not taking advantage of advantage of as a consumer and as a customer, but they really nailed it with doing same day releases to kind of appease everyone. And I don't know how it's going to change in the future. Do you Wade? I mean, you, you know, one of the, one of the philosophies that makes Amazon a successful company is, you know, they'll, they'll I, I read one some, sometime or once about somebody asked Jeff Bezos, they said, hey, you know, you're, you're really good at, you know, you made one of the most successful companies in the world. You seem to be really good at kind of seeing things before they happen. Um, what do you think is going to happen in the next five or 10 years about where you kind of want to point the ship and where you want to go with it? And he said something that I thought was brilliant, where he's like, he goes, I, I'm not quite sure what I can tell you is going to happen in the next five or 10 years. But what I would focus in on instead is what is not going to change. And he said, so what's not going to change is people aren't going to say, oh, I'd like to get my orders delivered to me slower. Or I'd like to get them cheaper. Or, or I'd like to pay more for them. I'm sorry. You know, people want things better quality, faster, cheaper, Right. Bigger, stronger, and faster, basically. Yes, yes. And so the thing is, the theaters, if they're going to survive, are going to have to figure out, how am I going to offer a service better, faster, or cheaper than the streaming option? 
And I, I think it's going to be hard to make it faster because <laughs> of the physical geography of the thing. So and cheaper is going to be a challenge for them because, you know, the cost structure, they, they can try and artificially inflate the, the streaming services, but as long as they're separate entities, they're going to be cost competitive. So it really just comes down to, are they going to make the experience better? And they've tried. Yeah, they, they, they've tried with, you know, putting in re leather recliners, having a full restaurant to order from in the movie theater, having, you know, it, it's like you can have a theater with 20 seats of full Lazy Boy recliners. You pay more, but at some people might think that's better or more high end to watch a movie than being in, you know, the regular theater or stadium seats. Well, they got the IMAX, they got the 4D, they got the 3D, they got your shooting mist in your eyes and bubble machines set up. I mean, the bubble machine nonsense seems like just a desperation pull for me. It's like, who gives a shit about a bubble? It's like, if you're underwater, look, there's bubbles in the air. It's like, who gives a shit, right? But I mean, they're they're trying. And I appreciate that because that that is how you're going to get there, right? Um, I just don't know if they can. Because it's like, what? because to me as a consumer... What what are you gonna what are you gonna do to make it worth my while? Because it's already gonna be like more time and more money. So what are you gonna do to make it worth my while? And I don't think they've come up with a good solution yet. No, I mean, because the there's a lot. Well, there's a lot of a lot more factors to really estimate in as a you know with a streaming service everything's done on the back end and it's at the click of a remote button you can pause you can mm -hmm. do it watch anything in your underwear but to go to the theater you know you've got to have employees you've got to have food you got to have air conditioning you've got to have escalators that work you've got to adhere to all these rules just to keep the lights on and then hope that when you get there you know in a big city a primetime movie could be 20 bucks per person for a ticket. And then yeah. popcorn and soda, you know, it's been, you know, the age old joke of like, Jesus Christ, it's, it cost me $10 for a little thing of popcorn and $10 for a soda. That's an extra $20. You just doubled your price of the movie. And that's per person. For two parents and a kid, it's a hundred. Yeah. You're, yeah. You're, you're going out of Benjamin right there off the top. And that's where, you know, you hope your content comes into play. And that's where I think the big cineplexes are going <laughs> to die out because it's, uh, I mean, if you've, see, if you've seen these AMC 30s, these Cinemark 20s, you know, these are gigantic buildings. And a lot of them are in malls. A lot of them are freestanding. That's a lot of real estate. What's going to happen with this real estate? What already some have gone out of business, and maybe the smaller theaters, the smaller chains, the Angelicas, the the landmarks, maybe even the Alamos, uh, with the Angelicas and the Alamos and the landmarks, they kind of cultivated a niche of showing screenings of films that you can't see online you can't see on a streaming service that draws more people in for a single screening they do they do q a's they do themed films with food and so and then on top of that you can rent a theater to show whatever movie you want for an hourly rate so i think those movies more so that amc and cinemark are going at that better right now again 
their theaters are smaller, so they don't take up as much space. They don't hire as much. They don't have as many employees, but I still think streaming is here to stick around. And even since COVID started till now, the interface has been easier. It's been uh, more user-friendly, more and more popping up. And the quality and uh, has been better as far as 4K and getting into that realm. And I think it's here to say, and I think it'll only hopefully get better and maybe there will be something similar to what we saw the down the rise and downfall of that that movie stub place that where you could you know pay ten dollars a month and go see any movie you want as many times as you want it uh with every movie i can't remember netflix yeah no well there's next but what was that was it it's not movie stub but it was but that's my point who gives a shit about that movie stub thing you pay 10 bucks a month and you can see whatever movie you want that's netflix or amazon prime or whatever right that's it right right you don't have to go anywhere right so i don't know if they're gonna put out a move like a, a a streaming service directly for that where movie companies which they probably won't because they have their own streaming service would pay for so well that's why uh, netflix and amazon are making their own movies now right? yeah it's all about it's original content and well because they're boxing out that argument so i think that that is the angle that the studios would need to take to kind of try and put it back where they want but it's like oh hey you know i can Right. That's what we saw with all the apps and cutting the cord, having your original content, buying the rights. And so AMC, if they got in early enough, would have created an AMC app. And for $10 a month, you'll be able to see the movies in the theaters at home. But no, that's not the case. Like you've got to pay for Disney Plus. You got to play for Paramount Plus. You got to play for Disney, Amazon, Netflix to see all of these movies that are coming out at the same time. So I just don't see a unless Hollywood or the studios want to work with something like that, I just don't think it's going to happen because I think streaming is here to stay at they least have to where they're going to die. Correct. I mean, to be, to be legit, they have to, where they're going to die. It's like the, the only way that they're going to be able to survive is to figure out a model where you can have both coexist. Cause if you're going to fight them, you're going to lose. Right. And so what do you say to the Scorsese's and the Tarantino's of the world who are real like and, and much like us that we love the theater we love the filmic aspect printing on celluloid film showing something in 70 millimeter old school style mm-hmm. at a theater what do you say to them like well like i mean because i love streaming and i love the theater um if i had to pick uh, being honest right now to watch the next james bond movie if i had if they gave me an option to see it in a theater or streaming, I would say I'm about 50-50 of watching it at home. Like I would, it wouldn't be a an easy decision for me. Like I'd like I could watch at home. I have a killer setup here with Delby Atmos. I have a great t- television. I could watch it here. But yes, I do want to see the next Bond movie in the theater. But you know, why would I? Hell, I'm I'm even worse. I'm 75-25. I'll stream it. I don't care. <laughs> but um the so i mean it, what do you tell the scorsese's and the tarantinos it's like you you have to separate the art from the business what we're talking about here is all business we're talking about dollars and revenue and numbers right right and the movie like business the, is a business like the, that's the like, fact the fact that you have people can go buy um prints on posters.com and have all this different art in their house doesn't mean that you're going to shut down museums 
right? Right. You you can still have very, but but to say that there's not going to be an art museum on every corner, right? So the thing is, I think that you can have some little onesie twosie art house theater things where you can see some movies and all that kind of stuff. But I would argue to Tarantino and the Scorsese, you know, they they didn't get into it to get rich. They they got into it to make art. Right. And so I, I hope that they can be successful off their artistry. That's important to me to have new artists get into art is that you have to be able to make a living. I don't know if you have to make $600 million and still call it a flop. You know, that's fucking ridiculous, but whatever, you know, um, you know, they're spending $400 million on an advertising budget for these stupid movies when they're talking about, Oh, um, you know, it's a it, it costs seven hundred and fifty million to make. Over half of that was for marketing and advertising. It's stupid. Um, but that being said, uh, I think I think that what it comes down to is art. Artists make art for the passion of the art, and the and so I think that the award shows, as stupid as I think they are, are still going to encourage artists to make art. Um, and all the other stuff is business and that's just going to settle out how it does. So don't, you can't fight it. Right. What I would argue is if you fight this, you're going to lose. So figure out how to go with it. And instead of treating it like a headwind that you're arguing against, try and figure out how to make it into a tailwind that works in your favor. Right. Right. Uh, I agree. I think everybody has to work together to like create something that could be better than just, you know, fighting each other on it or threatening. So I'm with I mean, you. Yeah. It's like there were people that didn't, that fought against the the horseless carriage because it's going to make all the sh- the horseshoe makers and the veterinarians obsolete. It's like, yeah, well, we're still going to have cars. So just <laughs> deal with it, right? I mean, this is this is where it's going. And and then that will die out for something else. This that will evolve again into something different where they beam it into your eyeballs or straight into your brain with Elon Musk Neuralink, you know, right. whatever. But, you know, so just you, you, it is what it is. You just got to figure out how to make it work and continue to make your art. Artists make art. There you go. Streaming is here to stay. Theaters are here to stay for the time being. Uh, but yes, let's, let's, let's come to a mutual middle ground and do it. I, right. I wish I could tell you how stupid you are because i mean the people demand it right like unfortunately <laughs> you're just made too compelling an argument brian you're still a <laughs> dumb asshole though let me just tell you that up front. <laughs> thank you thank you well we'll move on that was our big debate uh let's talk about something a little lighter a little much more fun uh way Wait, can, I, can i ask you a question real fast yeah. When you just said, let's move on, how many people right now are checking the bar that's tracking time on the bottom? Be like, how, many, how long are these guys going to fucking go here? And they're yeah. talking forever. They're ah. talking forever. What's happening? Well, the thing is, we 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 didn't have an episode for so long. You you deserve some bonus content. And that's what we're going to do. We're giving it to you. We're giving the people what they need. Bonus content. Uh, yes, yes, indeed. Uh, let's talk about a little something lighter, a little more fun than the streaming and uh, movie theater thing. Wade and I have over the years 
have become not only passionate about more movies and B movies and stuff like that, but we've also, we also very early on were ad ad uh, adopters and adapters and lovers of the sweet, sweet smell of wax, turntables, vinyl records. And over the last three weeks or so, Record Store Day happened, part one and part two. Uh, usually it's twice a year in April and on Black Friday and Thanksgiving. But during COVID, they tried to space out both of those dates. And so each uh, portion gets two days and over the span of uh, about three weeks. And so Record Store Day uh, 2021 happened. Uh, both, both parts, part one and part two happened. And I was happy enough and lucky enough to get some records uh way wide did you get a um did you get any were you were, were you looking for any did you happen to get out or order some at all so so one the whole point of record store day for the folks that don't know is to really encourage folks to go out to your local record stores where they, they they'll make like limited release editions of certain vinyl and then send it out to independent and local record stores with the intention of trying to drum up business for those independent music sellers. Um, so, you know, I, first and foremost, this year, I do not have one record store day out in front of me. Uh, it's one of those where I, I, I did check out the list and I can't tell if it's just I'm a creature of the times right now or whatever, but I didn't see anything that jumped out at me and i mean there were there were some things in the second i, I thought the first uh, episode one of record store day 2021 was a little bit lackluster for me uh the, the second day i thought had some better stuff released where there was a couple where i was like oh maybe i should go out and check it out i ended up not though so and i don't have a ton of regrets about the whole situation <laughs> of regrets uh, yeah no regrets uh, but you know, I mean, it's one of those where I, I didn't feel like there was anything where it's like, I must have it, you know, where in the past I've just felt like kind of obsessive about, oh, there's something coming out. It's like, I must have it. But there was a few that really caught my eye. How about you? Cause you, you actually did do some hauls. Oh, I did. I, I have them all right next to me. And so I'll why don't you show it off? So I got um, Karen O and Willie Nelson doing the cover of Under Pressure single. So Karen O from the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. And of course, mm -hmm. Willie Nelson. Uh, fantastic. Willie Nelson from Willie Nelson. Yes, from Willie Nelson from Willie Nelson. Excellent, excellent little cover there. It's the only uh, single 45 that I got. It's. Uh, it, I thought that was okay. You can, I heard it on YouTube. Yeah. You know, I'm a big Bowie fan and, and Queen obviously rules. I mean, um, I thought it was, I, I thought their version was nice. It was good. It I was not feel... bad. It was not, not bad. I, I mean, I liked, I mean, I like anything with Willie Nelson. So I'm pretty, and, and I like Karen O a lot. So it seemed uh, right on for it for me on par. Do you have a bunch? I mean, cause I, should I just shut up? I can't comment. No, no, no. You need a comment. You need a comment. Okay. Uh, so next on the list. Finally, uh, how do you get this in here? Ocean's Eleven soundtrack finally released on vinyl. This is the score and all the songs from the movie. So you get all of the amazing songs like Elvis Presley's uh, Little Less Conversation. You get all well, the Dave Holmes, Quincy Jones stuff, Percy Faith, all the good but stuff. This is, this, is, this is the Ocean's Eleven with George Clooney and Brad Pitt. Correct. This is not the original Frank Sinatra, Sammy Davis Jr., Dean Martin one. 
Correct. This is the, uh, as you can see, um, <laughs> there they are right there, Brad Pitt, Elliot Gould, George Clooney. And this is the first time it's been on. It's the 20th anniversary release of the soundtrack, and it's on a black and red uh, Cornetto roulette wheel, and it's only limited to 2,500 copies around the world. Got one. That's a great grab, actually. I didn't even know that was coming out. Uh, that one is a great grab. Very good grab. I'm, I'm, sl I'm slightly jealous of that one. That's a good one. It's I'm a not a big one. soundtrack guy, as you know, but uh, that one is awesome. That's a really good one. No, it's a good one. Uh, another one I had to do from our friends at Verez Saraband that put out all the soundtracks of your favorites from the 70s and 80s and whatnot. Uh, they released a big bastard edition of the original Matrix film. Uh, it's the, uh, the complete edition, uh, all by Don Davis. It's three LPs on glitter-infused green vinyl, uh, expanded to 44 tracks, new art design, all sorts of stuff. So it's all the score from the film. And it's crazy. Like, I'm a fan because they've released The Matrix on vinyl before, but it's, you know, just been one record, a one disc, and not three. And yes, this is the one to get if you like The Matrix. I mean, again, this is just the nutty part to me. What are you going to listen to The Matrix score? I mean, because it's like I can hear it in my head, this techno nonsense where he's doing backflips through the air while bullets are going in slow motion. But what? I mean, how many, how many, how many discs is that? three wow all right no i i i'm a fan of the scores you know i am uh i know i like, listen, I know. I like put it on and i just sit back and i veg. feel like i feel like you could just give me a 45 of one song and i could just replay it over and over and i'd be just as satisfied over that three. that's what you would it's do it's cool though the, the glitter gold uh, the, the the glitter vinyl and the whole album art and and what Look like they might have some art in the inside too. It looks cool. It's good. It's good. Um, this next one you may or may not have heard, but it's the Dead by Daylight soundtrack. Uh, Dead by Daylight is a video game uh, that's multiplayer and it's super scary. Um, basically, it follows a, a group of people um, who are trying to get out of this uh, area. They have to light generators and escape before this like super creepy monster that you, that one person in your party can pick to be and kill you. Um, and it is haunting. This is only limited to a thousand uh, units in the world. And I got number 520. So right in the middle there, uh, Record Store Daily release, Dead by Daylight, some super creepy atmospheric stuff specifically for Halloween. Highly yep. recommend it. Correct me if I'm wrong, but this would be a good opportunity to uh, to advertise for our, our 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 Canadian friend who who plays that game a lot online, right? I mean, he, he streams yes. that Adrian Charlie, aka the Crow Show. Find him on Twitch. Find him on TikTok. Basically, his social media consists of him streaming video games, and right now it's pretty much dedicated to Dead by Daylight, where he streams for hours and has thousands of viewers watching him play this game and it's amazing so adrian charlie the crow show please go see him c-r-o-s-h-o-w it's great yeah it's great uh the next one i got which is very excited uh it is a tribute to rocky erickson may the circle remain unbroken rocky erickson a texas dude uh amazing stuff these are amazing people playing his song. So Billy Gibbons, Jeff Tweedy, Lynn Castle, Nico Case, Margot Price, Gary, Gary Clark Jr., Lucinda Williams, all playing songs from Rocky Erickson. 
very happy about this. This man is amazing. One of my favorite albums of his, he did a whole Halloween album. You know, you've heard the song Two Headed Dog or I Walk With a Zombie. That's Rocky. Uh, Rocky is no longer with us. Um, but yes, this album is amazing. Oh my God, all some great uh, people uh, doing, paying tribute to him singing his stuff. I mean, th those, I'm not overly familiar with Rocky Erickson's music, but but I'm familiar with a lot of the folks that you uh, reference that are on that album. That's something cool. It is very cool. Uh, another one that I did not know was releasing on Record Store Day, but I actually found it <laughs> and I had to get it just because it's one of my uh, favorite horror movies, but it's a soundtrack and it is Wes Craven's People Under the Stairs uh, soundtrack. Um, as you can tell, uh, it's the score of the movie. If you've seen this movie, it's amazing. You can buy it on Scream Factory, the Blu-ray. Uh, it's very ahead of its time. Wes Craven, greatness. Uh, very excited. For all those that don't know, I want to be clear here. Record Store Day is not like Soundtrack Day. It's like every single one we've talked about so far, except for the Willie Nelson, Karen O one, was a soundtrack. But it's a, it, the soundtracks are just a small portion of what they normally kind of, they release all sorts of awesome stuff from jazz and, and rock to uh, hip hop rap. It, it's all over the place. It's great. No, it is. But I'm a soundtrack. Uh, you are. You are. Ridiculous man and lover. So I got a few of them. Um, so the next you're one. You're my expert. You are my yes. soundtrack expert. And so the next one I got was real excited about. It's another soundtrack. And it is the original Laura Croft Tomb Raider with Angelina Jolie movie soundtrack which features all the songs from the movie. So U2, Nine Inch Nails, Chemical Brothers, Missy Elliott, Outkast, Moby, Fat Boy Slim, Groove Armada, Basement Jacks, all on this. And of course, the amazing Angelina Jolie, Laura Croft, Tomb Raider. I like that all these songs are finally on one. Two, uh, two records, gold. It's the good stuff. Very happy. Yeah, we well. I'd, I'd love to look at the album art. Right? <laughs> I do too. Um, also, uh, being a horror fan, if you see something, John Carpenter, you have to get it. So they released uh, Village of the Damned, John Carpenter, which he did the music for. Got to do it anytime that happens. Scary, child, creepy movie, Village of the Damned, John Carpenter. And perhaps one of the favorite soundtracks of the record store day release was none other than eternal sunshine of the spotless mind um this is has the themes from the movie and all the songs from the movie fantastic stuff right here and first time on uh vinyl there you go and that and that is uh the only other thing that may be considered soundtrack but not really is from almost famous these are the still water demos the band from the movie Almost Famous, Stillwater. These are the demos of their songs, not the soundtrack. But good stuff. But moving on to some light jazz, Thelonious Monk, Palo Alto. Fantastic stuff right here. Uh, this is just amazing. 1968, the Custodians mix. Had to get that. Anything yeah. Monk. Very nice. You. So you, you've made a good haul here. We've gone through a lot. I mean, I... You know, I didn't pick up anything. You've gotten a ton here. No, I, I, I went all out. Um, also, Canned Heat Blues Band. A lot of Canned Heat music, uh, mm -hmm. which I love, uh, Canned Heat. I got canned an old, great. yes, uh, old school blues guy, Bobo Jenkins. Fantastic stuff. When I I'm not 100% clear who Bobo Jenkins is, but the name 
should be my alias on a MMORPG. I mean, because it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like people, it's, it, instead of yelling Leroy Jenkins, I would just run around yelling, Bobo, Bobo Jenkins. Jenkins. 32.33 repeating, of course. Uh, Bobo was born in 1916 in Alabama, but he moved to Detroit and he became the big, one of the biggest Detroit blues person ever. So okay. Bobo Jenkins, my all new life story. Uh, it's good stuff. I love it. I love blues. Um, I got this uh, Sun Records one, Having a Party, which is a collection of all these amazing uh, uh, songs and uh, from different people, kind of like a compilation album. And the only reason I got this is because our dear, dear friend, Jonathan Kimbrell, world-renowned artist, did the artwork for the record. And, um, and the art is gorgeous. Yes, it's the like art one of those is amazing. Where... I don't know if you can see it well. Yeah, there we go. Uh, but yeah, you have like Jerry Lee Lewis playing Friday Night on here and Clarence Murray doing Dancing to the Beach. You have uh, Alvin Robinson, Let the Good Times Roll. Carl Perkins doing Drink Up and Go Home. Sun Records compilation, having a party. Our good friend Jonathan Kimbrell of Serotone uh, Press. Go check him out on Instagram. Did the artwork for this. It's amazing. Uh, and now into the big ones. Uh, we'll go with... Uh, Soul Slabs Volume 3 and Soul Slabs Volume 2. I don't know if you can really see those really well, but these are compilation albums of basically the funkiest, the sexiest 70s R&B funk soul music ever. Uh, they were all 45s and the good uh, people at uh, Coal Mine Records decided to put them all on big record volume. So here I got them, Volume 2 and Volume 3. That's awesome. I mean, because again... It's like there's so much good funk and soul and, and to take the 45s and put it on. Essentially, you're just kind of making mixtapes, right? Yeah. Just yes, rad yes. music. It's That's awesome. No, it's good stuff. And my last one that I got that I'm really happy about, limited to 10,000 in the world. Uh, this is the Grateful Dead live at Olympia Theater in Paris, France, May 3rd, 1972. Um for those of you, I am a big Grateful Dead fan and I have kind of been collecting big Grateful Dead record sets for a little while. So whenever there's one, which I do hate uh, because they're so expensive, but I have to get them. Uh, I got this one too. It's amazing. So Grateful Dead. And that was my haul um, for through Record Store Days, which, uh, which was a, a, it was a pretty penny for three weeks of just records. <laughs> you, you know, what's amazing to me is not one of those were the ones that I got super dug in on where I was interested and was going to go out and get one. Well, it's interesting because there's one that I wanted that was already sold out before I got there. And it was the DGs, Hail Satan. Mm -hmm. So the DGs, uh, like the BGs, DGs means Dave Grohl of the Foo Fighters. So Dave Grohl and Foo Fighters did an album called Hail Satan and it's just the Bee Gees covers. And I wanted that so badly and I don't have it yet. So I've been waiting anxiously online for it to uh, go down in price because it's about a $30 album, but it's being sold right now for like 250. Uh, sucks, but I'm hoping- You, you uh, can check out some of the tracks online too. They've kind of, you can, you can go kind of listen on YouTube or elsewhere to kind of hear some of the tracks. What, what, what do you think of that whole thing? Because I've heard both people love it and I've heard uh, people critical of the whole thing. 
Oh no, I mean, I I love it. I love when most of the time when people do when cover like a cover album of something like mm -hmm. I think that's super cool and especially the Bee Gees and then the Foo Fighters like it's insane and Dave Grohl being Dave Grohl and the amazing man he is it's just like that's badass and the fucking album is called Hail Satan which is amazing well, and, and the tracks the tracks that I've heard are great I mean you know especially if you like I mean it's it's true to the to the there's some funky Bee Gees kind of vibe going throughout it. And it's like, you know, if you didn't tell me before I heard it that it was Dave Roll, I would never know it was. It's like the challenge that I run into is that, or the, where people get all critical, it isn't that it's not good reproductions of the songs. It's that, oh, you know, hey, rock is dying or rock is dead. And to have a rock band go and make a disco album or Bee Gees album, whatever, they're like critical of it. And it's like, I think, you know, again, kind of how I am with the booze where, Booze is the best booze is what you like to drink the way you like to drink it. I feel similarly about music, you know, just do your thing and enjoy it and feel passionate about it. But I, I get, I get the argument, but it's not, I don't look at any one person's job as like, Oh, you're the lifeline for rock and roll or whatever. But right. It, right. No, I don't, I don't either. Um, but I like this element of people doing covers of songs. Like uh, I believe coming up on the next tour, of Primus, they are going to do uh, an entire Rush album uh, in concert. Uh, you know, like that's amazing. <laughs> Just like Primus did the entire uh, soundtrack to Willy Wonka at one of their tours several years ago. Um, Never heard Rush slapping that bass, slapping the bass, slapping the bass, slapping the bass. But I I enjoy that, and you know, in addition to that DG's album, there's, uh, I don't know if you've heard of this uh, band, uh, Wade, called Brownout. There is a, a band called Brownout from South Texas, and they have put out a few albums called Brown Sabbath, and they are Latin-infused cover albums of Black Sabbath albums and black sabbath songs and it's just like black sabbath with horns and hard rock it's like it's amazing i want to hear it <laughs> it's, it's, i mean it's like when you guys you and you and tom introduced me to that death metal mariachi band or whatever it was it's like oh the um the uh not the itchio is that the drum one? Oh, there's that too i was thinking of something else but there's that too right where yeah yeah it there, there you go, folks. Go look it up and enjoy yourselves. But it's like folks that are doing weird things and taking stuff in weird angles. I always and, re, and reinventing. I appreciate that. Which again, you know, I don't think that the the DGs are necessarily reinventing the BGs. And to me, it sounds like honest kind of covers of it to a certain extent. But like this stuff where it's like, oh, I want to make a Latin version of Black Sabbath. I I'm in. I want let, let's do this right right no that it, it's it's amazing uh again our friend tom nix introduced that and it was uh it's pretty great and I, I just like that element and so when record store day comes around and releases these those titles they seem to be pretty popular and hard to come by and so one of these days i will get dgs 
So yes, yes. Um, moving on to our last little, uh, our two last uh, little segments here. Um, first being the unfiltered signal. Uh, our unfiltered signal being, we're gonna suggest a television show or a movie that just not heard of anymore or just so under the radar that you have got to check it out. So unfiltered signal time on two legitimate podcast, Wade and Brian. Wide. What uh what is your unfiltered signal today? I'm actually going a slightly different direction. I'm gonna pick, I'm, I want to tell you about a band that I've just been kind of digging in on and just kind of getting into lately. And it's uh, a, a band called Half Alive. And there's especially this one song called like Still Feel. And it came out a few years ago. And it's one of those where I, I didn't find out about it until relatively recently. And I just have that song on a loop all the time on, on in, in my house. It's just, it's constantly playing. Um, and it's just kind of, it's, it's grooving on me in a weird way that I can't fully explain. But Half Alive, Brad Band, definitely go check it out. Um, got the vinyl, kind of run that through every once in a while too. It's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. So check that out if you're interested in the kind of, it's kind of a jazzy, rocky, funky kind of thing, but it's got some like kind of dubstepy kind of inter interludes in there too. It's, it's, it's a little bit all over the place, but, um, yeah, the, the album's really well produced. I've heard some like live tracks and they kind of is it, it lacks a little bit for me personally so the thing is i think that the album cuts are what i stick to just because it's produced excellently and the album came out great so check it out check it out check it out uh my unfiltered signal is a movie that came out in uh 1998 you have not seen it uh most people haven't seen it but it was released on Blu-ray from Synapse Films, and the movie is called Running Time. It is a fantastic movie. The movie is directed by Josh Becker, and it stars the man-god Bruce Campbell. And uh, Running Time is a really cool movie. It's a very short film. Uh, it's a, runs about, it only runs 70 minutes long, so an hour and 10 minutes. And it is made to look like it's shot all in one continuous shot. So like Birdman or uh, 1917 or something like that. Rope. Right, or Rope, yes. Uh, so there's one continuous shot and it is about Bruce Campbell being released from prison. His friends pick him up to go rob a bank. And the camera follows it all happening. And it is just darkly comedic and funny. Bruce Campbell's great. And it's just shot really well. And it's about him getting out of prison, going to rob a bank with his friends, falling in love with an old flame along the way. Uh, it's fantastic. Running time. Uh, it's a really cool, it's a cool, great movie. I just, I can't say enough about it. Uh, and most people have not, never seen this. There's a commentary track with Josh Becker and Bruce Campbell. There's new interviews and features on this. And it's a new 2K scan of the movie. It's all shot in black and white. So it's got that noir feeling. Uh, it's pretty badass. Highly I'm racking my brain on it. I don't think I've ever heard of this one. You never, oh man, yeah. Seek out running time, even look at a trailer. 
uh, it's fantastic. It's, uh, I mean, to give you a little sense of it, uh, as Bruce Campbell is exiting prison, he's walking towards the gate, the guards uh, um, walking out and he yells to somebody that he's like, hey, I'm leaving, bye. And the guy yells off screen uh, to him and goes, fuck you. And Bruce Campbell just in his perfect delivery, not anymore. <laughs> and it's just... It's good stuff like that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Bruce Campbell. It's Bruce Campbell being Bruce Campbell. Yes, yes. It's, okay. uh, it's amazing. So awesome. running time. Yeah, I got to check that out. Uh, and that brings us, I, maybe, I don't know, because usually we've been doing these uh, these questions at the end of these podcasts. I don't know if Wade has a question for me. If not, you I know, I, I think I think just for the sake of the, the timing, everything right now, I'm going to leave everybody on a cliffhanger and we'll we'll pick it up on the next one okay uh, yeah no i mean but it's been a lot of fun catching up and it's like i really have enjoyed all this for sure no we're back baby two legitimate is back i'm brian kluger that's what davis Davis. we're gonna we're gonna be doing this a lot more frequently we're gonna get back into the rhythm baby don't worry about it we're gonna be giving we're gonna be pouring that sweet honey in your ears and letting you just kind of marinate on it for a minute don't worry about it we're gonna we're not going to let you down. We're, we're doing it uh, again. Two legitimate podcasts. Type that in two legitimate podcasts and you're going to find us on iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon, iHeartRadio, all of the places. You can find us on YouTube as well. Under Brian Kluger, uh, there will be a two legitimate section. Find us. We love you. Two legitimate. Take care, everybody.